0: Hi, I'm Shreen Patek, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to executives who are changing the marketing playbook for the industry one decision at a time. My guest today is Kara Golden. Kara founded Hint Water back in 2005, and today the company is one of the largest independent non alcoholic drink companies in the country with $100 million in sales. On today's episode, Kara and I discuss launching Hint, expanding beyond beverages into sunscreen, and how to not be too dependent on any platform. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Kara. Welcome to Making Marketing. Hi. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. I wanted to start a little bit with actually not the origin story because I didn't want to go all the way back to 2005 right at the beginning of the podcast, but kind of fast forward a little bit and talk a little bit about building a brand that inspires literal hoarding because I think that is what a lot of (laughs) what well that's at least what a lot of people that I spoke with before we had this podcast talked to me about when I spoke to them about hint and I was asking uh, actually a good friend of mine who used to work at Google about whether it was true that at one point hint was so popular in their office that people were hoarding bottles of the water under their desk so that they could have it when they needed it because it would run out. What was it like to kind of sit back, hear about these kinds of stories, and say, my God, I did that. I made this happen.
1: Well, first of all, I hope that they're still, well, so they may not be hoarding now, but there's still plentiful, like, (laughs) amounts of hint that is in Google offices. So we're we're still good in Google. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think that it really goes to the whole thought that, you know, we've got these these people that are buyers, whether they're buyers in stores or buyers inside of an office like Google, who actually, like, try to think for their employees, their consumers about, you know, what they should ultimately have. And I think Hint was just a great example of something that, you know, when we first started, we were tiny in Google offices and and we had you know, they didn't buy as much as, like, the mm-hmm. employees really wanted. And so then people started hoarding it and putting it under their desk. And, <laughs> you know, there's still been certain times when there's certain flavors that they have less stock of. And, you know, people are hiding it under their desk. And, and, uh, and you know, I think it's just... It it really goes to show you that you know the consumer ultimately is driving exactly what ultimately is successful and and you know for us I, I mean the the distribution into Google that was our first tech firm that was truly by accident I was actually interviewing for a job there um, and uh, and had decided I had been in tech before and had decided that I really wanted to do this company first and you know as I always say to entrepreneurs or wanna be entrepreneurs there's no good time to do it and I felt like I'm going to take like a year to really figure out if this business was going to be something that would really take off, and so this guy Omid Cortisani, who was interviewing me for a job at Google, was like, "So wait, what are you gonna do?" And sort of thinking I was probably gonna say Yahoo or you know one of the <laughs> then competitors at the time, and I said, "Okay, I know it's crazy, but I'm starting this beverage company." And he uh, and he said to me, um, "Yeah, it is a little bit crazy, but we're at Google. We're actually hiring chefs in to actually cook for our employees because mm-hmm. we feel like it's taking too long for our employees." to go out for lunch just because the lines are too, the weights are too mm-hmm. long and et cetera. And he was like, I don't think we've done anything like around beverages. That's really interesting. And, and, uh, maybe we should try your product hint and probably just kind of joking. And he gave me the name of the, uh, original chef at, at Google and I called him and, and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'd really like to get our product in here. And he said, sure. I really like Omid a lot. And you know, I know Whatever you're, he says makes yeah, sense. yeah, it, it's great. And so that's really how it started. And, you know, I always say to people like that definitely gave us a foot in the door initially, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, consumers ultimately have to try it and have to want it. They wouldn't have kept it in there if people weren't hoarding it or, you know, (laughs) drinking it, um, over time. But, uh, but that really was a major, major point in, uh, this brand's life because, You know, so many, the traditional way to market has always been go get into the grocery stores, whether that's a Whole Foods or a, you know, conventional grocery store, um, like a Kroger. and. You know, those are really locked up, even still today, by, you know, the, the It's not big an industry that companies. makes it
0: easy to break in.
1: No, and there's so much competition. But right. that was, like, really, you know, a place where we were able to stand out. And, yeah. and I think that that's kind of a key in sort of any brand, whether, you know, you're in the— soda or water or CPG market or in tech, it's like finding, where can you find that niche that you can actually be really successful? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, other industries where maybe it's more competitive for you to break into will actually see like, wait, that's a market? Like, that's actually somewhere where, you know, brands are going to go to. And so... So that was huge for us.
0: <laughs> Let's go back a little bit because I'm really interested in sort of, it feels almost like it was like the perfect, or at least now in hindsight, I'm sure while you were actually working on founding the company, it was like, every this is really difficult, but the move towards wellness, sort of people becoming healthier, people having more choice in their health. Um, Then that combined with obviously consumers being more comfortable with, you know, a brand that's sort of, whether you call it digitally native or direct to consumer, but Mm -hmm. coming not out of one of the big beverage companies, but really being founded, ground up, um, people being more comfortable with those brands and wanting to have more choice. Um, And then sort of having also an industry that was really difficult to break in at the same time. So you were approaching, you had all of these like positives working for you, like all of these market forces that I think obviously helped that along, but then it's really, really hard. It's not like you were entering a wellness market now when it almost feels like it's been paved for you. You've got tons of wellness oriented brands, whether it's waters or beverages or pills or pharma adjacent pills. Yeah. It was a little bit of a different time. What was, how do you sort of look back at that and then look at introducing a brand today and find that that's different? Because you're still expanding too.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I launched this, I didn't even view it, honestly, as a company. I wrote a business plan for it, but I I really, friends would say to me, that's so cool that you launched this company. And I'm like, wait, you think it's a company? Why do you (laughs) think, it? what makes a company? Like I really viewed it as a product and Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I kept sort of, you know, questioning myself on whether or not I actually could make this a company and people are like no no no! I think it's a company it's like you know you're it's a you know you've got like three flavors you know and and I was I remember thinking you know no it's it's just a product at the time and and
0: I'm just making beverages. Yeah, I'm just making
1: list. beverages, and you know, I'd been making it for myself at home, and then I, you know, got it on the shelf at Whole Foods, and that's sort of as far as I went. But I, I mean, that's a company. Yeah, but <laughs> I, but I mean, it's it's funny because I'd worked in large companies, and I mean, I'd worked at them when they were small and grew them into something, but there were there were always like multi facets to the company, and for me, mine was very, you know drink goes on shelf and that's kind of it like I just thought like it's small it's boring it's you know there's Mm -hmm. only one direction of it and so I I don't know like I I I think that you know a lot of things have come along and people have said oh you know like Kara created this wellness company Kara created this digital company you know like this stuff and I mean it truly like it kind of came along as we grew this company and, mm-hmm. and many times even happened, you know, by mistake. I mean, we were really the first beverage company to, to really make it online in selling beverages. I mean, I mm-hmm. had run AOL's uh, e-commerce and shopping prior to this. And, I mean, it's, it's a crazy story. I mean, we would not have launched drinkhint.com if we wouldn't have gone into amazon first and we wouldn't have gone into amazon if an old colleague of mine who i worked with um in new york at at uh, timing publications way long ago wasn't running that business and had drank Hint at Starbucks Mm -hmm. and he was living up in Seattle and he was like oh I love the Blackberry Hint and I'm starting this grocery business for Amazon and can I actually stock your product and I was you know again very similar to what I was saying in the early days of Hint I'm like I'm not sure if it'll work online I mean I I know a lot about e-commerce and actually doing food and drinks. It was a
0: bit of a different time again sort of and again it it sounds Sounds insane to be talking about a different time, but it wasn't really that long ago. But people weren't buying. I don't think I think there was at least this uh, this feeling that, well, there's a few things that you can't sell online. I mean, it's it's almost like there's a few categories that sort of had to go through this like period of can someone buy X online? I mean, I was talking to uh, a few people at Wayfair recently and they said, well, you know, furniture like. Who knew that people would buy furniture online? I talked to somebody who founded Burrow. Who knew you could buy yeah. sofas online? Um, and I felt like almost food and beverage, and really beverage, like fell into that. Like you, yeah. you pick that out of a fridge. You don't, you don't have that coming. And was that was that how you were thinking about it? Because you were coming from an e-commerce kind of world too. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you know speaking about, you know, furniture and direct, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It was like, my initial thought was, it's just too heavy, and it won't (laughs) work, right? We have a case of right? and it's just too heavy to actually ship it, and, you know, so again the contact at Amazon was like, well, let us figure that out. Mm. And, you know, we do books. Books are heavy too. So again, he had to kind of convince me. I was like, okay. And we had, we would actually, we had been in Starbucks, which is a whole other story. We had been in Starbucks for years. And, uh, and we were, uh, channeling out of out of starbucks at that point that was sandwiches and yeah they put a bunch of sandwiches in the case (laughs) higher margin business anyway a whole other story and so we had a bunch of the blackberry hint in our warehouse Mm -hmm. and so i said well if you want some blackberry hint then we can try it out online and then very quickly we became one of the one of the you know biggest sellers on on amazon and and then shortly thereafter they launched this thing called amazon prime which you know everybody knows about today, but Amazon Prime was really you know looking at sort of lifetime value and how are these consumers ultimately? So
0: replenishable product probably was yeah. like top of their list. Like yeah. oh, you finish it and then you need more.
1: Yeah, and so we had been on that channel for you know almost a year at that hmm. point, and um, I remember going up to Amazon and sitting down with this group and and saying like we're really excited about this business and you know we had more flavors on it at this point and uh, I said you know what what do you like, like about this business? Or what do you see? Is it different than other you know, products that you have o- online that, that you're seeing selling, even outside of you know, this category? And they said, you know what's so interesting is that the people that are buying Hint are also buying products like diabetes monitors and gastric bypass bands, as well as mm-hmm. you know, healthy or healthy you know, perception um, products in the CPG arena, like you know, different bars or whatever. And they said, we don't really see that in a mainstream beverage company that's selling on our service. And I was like, oh, well, like, I'd be really interested to get the data from you. Can I email some of those consumers? Because I'm, I'm so curious, like, you know, gastric (laughs) bypass bands and diabetes monitors. And, and frankly, I mean, that was kind of the reason why I started Hint in the first place was really just to get myself to drink more water. And so the response back from the buyers was, um, no, we can't give you that data. Like Jeff holds that data (laughs) really close. And I'm like, (laughs) these aren't
0: your customers. These are Jeff's customers.
1: And I kind of knew, you know, that that was going to be the answer. And I, and, uh, and so I remember going back. To San Francisco, I'm on my Southwest flight from Seattle back to San Francisco, and um, I was saying to my husband, who's our chief operating officer, I was like, you know, it's so frustrating because I used to have all this data when I was at AOL on these consumers, and and now I don't, and you know, maybe I should just launch you know hint.com and uh hint.com wasn't available so then we <laughs> picked drinkhint.com and uh and she's like that's so crazy like the reason like it won't you can't actually be successful cuz amazon will like you know, crush you if you ultimately started to be successful. And I was like, that's what everybody used to say back in at AOL. Like, we shouldn't actually launch an online store because we have a physical store, we have a catalog store. And I fundamentally Disag- believe right. that consumers control where they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, we went home and and started like figuring out could we launch this for really cheap and you know even went back to our board and said you know we're going to launch this like drink and they had the same thing well you'll never be able to be successful because there's amazon and they're doing well and why do you think you can be successful so we did it in you know a really scrappy cheap way i mean i always tell you know ceos too that you're that You know, your ability to ultimately understand all these different aspects and then once you get it going, hire people that maybe know more than you do to actually improve those businesses is important.
0: While you were doing that, because that's so interesting, because I think, again, that that speaks to so many other trends or even just feelings that I've heard from lots of other founders, Mm -hmm. a lot of them sell on Amazon see that it's successful, especially for their bottom line, then start thinking, but I also want a little bit more control. I need to have my own data. And so can I start putting more muscle behind my own, you know, dot com or whatever it is, or it goes the other way. A lot of them start with only selling themselves and then eventually say we need more scale and might want to move to Amazon afterwards. What is, what was the hardest part of doing it yourself that isn't very clear or apparent to people this isn't what people think about when they say okay you started something what was the hardest part of selling it from drinkhint.com so
1: I had a bit of a head start because I actually knew what you know customer right. acquisition costs would be <laughs> not necessarily what they would be but you know that that was an important factor sure. um, you know that we would have to have a third party to ultimately ship the product and all of those
0: warehouses yeah the like I mean
1: that's a whole different language I get today I get CPG um, uh, consumer products mm-hmm. goods uh, CEOs call me and they say we want to launch our own and I'm like this is a totally different business mm-hmm. like you know it's you've got to you know we have 30 people you know on our team that that's all they do they don't go to target the stores and you know merchandise product this this is like it's about data it's about you know acquiring customers. it's about keeping customers and newsletters and all these things um, and so you know, I had a bit of a head start uh, in the beginning. But again, I think, you know, I always tell uh, people who have never been online or have no experience to go to an Amazon and try and see how the consumer is ultimately going to react to their product. But then I think it's really figuring out like, you know, it's still it, the, the, the the economics are still the same in terms of figuring out like, you know, do you have a really pretty website and, you know, that is going to load slowly or do you have something that is like really fast that sort of does the job? Um, You know, those kind of things, again, I had learned super early on. So I think it's like, um, making the experience the best and the fastest possible for the consumers mm-hmm. is, the, is the absolutely key
0: thing. And that's the co- – that's it's okay to spend money on that. It's okay to, for that to be – Well, I don't think
1: you even need to do it initially. Like mm-hmm. that's what I say to people too. It's like it, it's actually – I mean our, our website, which – You know, frankly, I was embarrassed and we kept it for way too long, but it worked (laughs) was just, you know, it didn't have a lot of the backstory of Hint and sort of like where people were always constantly saying, you know, like, oh, like, why don't you have the backstory? I've read about it. And, you know, I see it in magazines, et cetera. And then I go on your site and you're really missing that. And um, and we do now, but that's not really when consumers are coming to their website, your website. My assumption is is that they're actually coming there to buy, and so maybe they've gone into a Target, for example, and they don't see the flavor, or they're at their office at Google or wherever, and they you know want to just have it delivered to their home. That is really the purpose Mm. of the of the website, and so I think it's actually just honing in on your vision and Mm. you know direct to consumers as we call it it's it's um it's it's different than brand. Yes, brand is layered it in as an element, but it's almost like it's not even a 30 second elevator speech. It's a 10 second elevator speech like it's like how do you narrow it to a point where, you know, you just have the bare bones of it, right? Like if you only have 10 seconds to tell sure. people about your brand, What's which is be? really hard, <laughs>
0: right. right?
1: And especially if you're used to uh, you know, if you're used to doing giant billboards or, Big you know, TV know, yeah, it's and... direct to consumer is really a science at that. You have to, you know, you have to really hone in and, and, and oftentimes it's not, you know, the same people that can right. build giant brand campaigns, uh, you know, and that also can, do the other, yeah, it's really, um, and, and of course, you know, if you're a, you know, traditional brand that, has been doing that for a while, I think that it's possible, but you got to bring people who really understand, you know, the science of it. And, you know, you mentioned like the vitamin category earlier. Like I always look at, you know, the vitamin and the diet um, world and, you know, sort of the direct response TV people um, that, you know, the (laughs) call 1-800 number and, you know, and and. But so much of that
0: is actually going back to that. It's so interesting that you mentioned kind of, you know, brand let's call it brand V performance. And I think that a lot of brands kind of, especially these sort of direct to consumer brands that are just starting out, a lot of them have to, at the early days, kind of pick one or the other. They have to say, okay, we're going to go really, because they usually have resources yeah, or maybe yeah. only two people that work yeah. there. So they say, okay, we're going to launch this company. It's going to sell, say, vitamins. It's going to say sell vitamins. It's going to have to be very performance oriented. Um, it's going to crack the code, the science behind all of these, all these different digital channels, how to pull those levers, keep the cac down, et cetera. And then at some point it feels like what's ended up happening is they either veer too far into the performance and kind of lose the brand identity in, in that mix, or they go to brand, but then they don't really have, they can't do the big TV ad. Nobody even knows who they are. It doesn't yeah. really make sense from a cost perspective. It feels like a lot of brands, especially like let's call them these younger brands are teetering constantly or walking this tightrope and it's really hard to do that yeah how did you like especially now and I do want to talk a little bit about expanding sort of beyond the beverage category but how do you then start thinking of okay here's hint and it's going to go back and forth because it's a science but you can't lose the art and you don't want to risk sort of somebody coming in and saying I could just make that if you don't have that brand identity that brand purpose that people are actually sort of attracted to. How have you managed to walk that, especially right now as you've expanded?
1: Well, I think, you know, when you look at channels, I mean, the way that we look at launching new channels, I mean, we we do TV. We And when we say we do TV, we don't do the big Super Bowl ad yet, <laughs> although I'd love to do that. But um, that's a whole other story. But uh, but we, when we do TV, it really is about capturing new customers because I believe that there's customers that are watching television and not, you know, all television, but there's certain channels that they're watching that would – that where Hint might appeal to them and maybe they don't actually go into stores anymore or maybe they don't walk down the beverage aisle in stores hmm. anymore Or maybe they, um, you know, are not online and are not sort of in the category that we're targeting to actually see our digital ads. And so, you know, that was truly a test that we did a couple of years ago, another one that you know, sort of I probably bet my job on to some extent that I, you know, because TV just sounds like, oh, it's so big. And, you know, how are we actually going to get the targets right? But it seems to be working. And I think, you know, when you're sort of building out a campaign, what I've learned is that it's not just about, um, I mean, look, Facebook is still a big part of our business. And we're a big part of Facebook's business, right? Like we spend lots and lots of money on Facebook. But I think, you know, what I've learned over time, it, whether it's, you know, the, the amount of stores that you're in or the yeah. um, or what your digital campaign is or um, or even, you know, who bottles your product, you can't have all your eggs in one basket.
0: And you can't build your entire brand on a Facebook, on a Facebook. or these days it's an Instagram. No. This can't be... All no. that's ever done,
1: and so you know, I, I I think that that's what I constantly sort of advise, you know, entrepreneurs too. That you know, when when you feel like you know you're you're able to breathe, and you've got a large percentage of your you know distribution, your co packing, your media plan, or whatever is like, you know, really working with one, then go take a nap and then come back and figure out, oh, like how can I, allude. right. And go figure out how I can actually go and expand it. Because if Facebook were to go away tomorrow, like there, how many brands would ultimately just be
0: freaking out, right? But it wouldn't could, even be go away. Really. It's what if Facebook gets, and it is right. getting it too expensive to justify whatever money you're putting totally. into Totally. It's, I mean, it will. That's. I mean, that's to me is like sort of the interesting thing here because at what point does a brand or a brand founder say, okay, this is too much money? Because Facebook still, to your point, it still works. And not to make it about Facebook, but even Instagram or whoever you're talking about, whichever digital channel it is. Yeah. At what point do you decide this is too much money, and I'm better off served in an Maybe a maybe a channel I'm less comfortable with. Maybe yeah. it's one that I don't really think about.
1: Well, I think it's just about testing and it's the same philosophy. It's like you'll never know unless you go, you know, test a bit. And so, you know, we I mean, we're very upfront with Facebook about this too, mm-hmm. that we go and, you know, they're very important to us, but we go and test these other channels right. and we see and some of them have worked. And so it's just expanding exactly what your umbrella looks like. Yeah. And and um but I don't think I don't think you're ever in a position to say, I mean, I'll get out of sort of the, you know, the Facebook, you know, (laughs) obsession over here. But it's like, you know, I can't sit here and say, oh, I shouldn't be with that, you know, store if I don't know what other stores are out there that are going to sell as much product. Right. it's the same thing. So I think it's just thinking that way about your business and making sure that you have choices.
0: I'm interested a little bit in sort of <laughs> your expansion beyond beverages because it almost feels like I mean that's that's just like it's like starting a new company and I know or a new yeah. product, but we'll call it company, but how did walk us through a little bit sort of going through that through that process of saying okay, we're going to do other things and how did you decide where you would go, what you would do and kind of what comes next from here?
1: Yeah. So, um, so I'll, I'll sort of go backwards. I mean, we recently launched a kids product and um, it's a, people are calling it a juice box. It's actually not juice <laughs> at all. It's the same hint product, but right. it's in a juice back box format. And, um, you know, people are like, gosh, you know, why didn't you do this before? Um, you know, it seems. Kids so need na- water too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, very similar to what we saw with, um, you know, when we were launching Hint, it's it's very controlled in the grocery stores by, um, you know, the juice boxes the or juice envelopes mix. or whatever you call them. I mean, Capri Sun is probably the biggest one, you know, out there that Still. has really controlled it. Yeah. And so you know, we finally felt like we had a big enough brand to go and launch into that category Mm -hmm. for us to actually do it earlier. I mean, just to give you an example, um, Honest Kids had launched a kids box a few years ago when they were uh, acquired by Mm Coca-Cola. And when I was Listening to the founder talk about, you know, hint or the honest kids. I mean, he said, I would have never been able to like launch it in grocery if I wouldn't have actually had Had the system, the Coke system out there. (laughs) We're doing that today without the Coke system. But it was interesting, unlike waiting for grocery buyers to say yes in these big conventional grocers, we actually had a digital platform that we could launch Hint Kids on and so we actually launched it at the beginning of this year online at drinkhint.com and we had grocery buyers calling us saying like why haven't you come to us with this product and and you know we we had but it was sort of sitting on their shelf like Mm. saying oh let me think whether or not I'm gonna take it in and you know their cycle is much different I mean we're just now getting in for you know the fall when like they said yes back in the spring, and right. that's just the way this stuff this stuff ultimately works. But um, so I think like having that um, that online digital channel number one consumers could get it tomorrow. We can make a product and launch it online, maybe not tomorrow, but within the next couple of days, and Which we can the test systems things. generally. Yeah, can. and so you know that's just a whole other piece for our online platform too. Like we launch flavors, we often call them smash ups, where we'll just play around with you know launching you know, a couple flavors together that we have and see whether or not the consumer is going to respond to it. And it's very rare that we have those online for more than a couple of days because now consumers, (laughs) it's sort of another reason to come to our site versus like an Amazon. We love working with Amazon and we still sell on Amazon, but there are certain flavors that we don't launch immediately on Mm -hmm. Amazon that we keep for JustDrinkIt.com. So, um, and then we launched a sunscreen product um, a couple of years ago now, and, and that, Came out of um, you know sort of by product by accident again. I never really thought of it as a hint product to be honest with you. I. Um I was uh, I had some precancer stuff on my face and I had had it removed and then when I started looking for a sunscreen I personally just didn't really like um, the mineral-based sunscreens titanium di- dioxide so you're like, kind I'll of make made my own. Yeah, made me itch, itch <laughs> and so I um, you know talked to my dermatologist about different ingredients and then a friend of mine who actually worked for the Center for Disease Control had p- pointed to a study on um, oxybenzone and which is a chemical and chemical based sunscreens, mm-hmm. and um, I, I'd heard about parabens, but I really hadn't heard much about mm-hmm. oxybenzone. And so I started to ask the the question like, why do we have this this ingredient in right. the sunscreens? And very similar to how I approach drinks, like why do we need? you know, a sweetener in water. And um, and then I realized that, you know, I could actually make a sunscreen that worked mm-hmm. without that and, um, and then use the fruit essences from this, from the, I'm pointing to the water, <laughs> to actually sent the sunscreen and a friend of mine that worked for L'Oreal had said you know that the FDA has to like approve this and I was like oh how do I get a hold of them and she's <laughs> like I think there's forms online that you can download and so we downloaded the forms and turned them in and um, and then about a year later got the approval for um, the sunscreen but you know again it was like hint was kind of a holding they need like a company name on there right. so it was sort of a it's almost like, a
0: different it's yeah a different and plan. so
1: that That was really the launch of you know this platform where you know we i started to really think about you know i've always said it's funny i i mean i'll talk to entrepreneurs or would-be want entrepreneurs who are like you know, some of them are like engineers at Apple or something, you know, true story where they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, I always wanted to launch an energy drink or, a, you know, or a professional football player. They're like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to do that just like you. And I'm like, I never wanted to be a beverage executive. <laughs> I mean, that was never like my dream. And and um, but for me, what I st- what I realized is that actually you know, staying healthy was always really important to me. When I had my kids, I think it even became more pronounced for me right. that it was just like all these so personal things. Too. It was very, very right. personal. But I think it's it's really you know, I launched this company for health. And, and so when I saw the sunscreen aspect, I, I believe you should wear sunscreen. And I believe that, you know, the sunscreen that people will ultimately wear is the one that actually, Mm -hmm. you know, feels good, smells good, all of those things. And so, you know, you'll see some other products coming soon from (laughs) Hint that, that really solve problems around, you know, around health. And, and again, somebody said, to me you know are you like going to be like the the next honest like Jessica Albo's company and you know go and launch diapers and all these other things that's not our purpose our purpose isn't to have 2,000 products our purpose is really just to help consumers to get healthy and where we see categories that we think we can actually you know identify certain ingredients that can be Eliminated or swapped out with something better, then we put stakes in the ground around that to really help the consumer.
0: Does part of that include, or do you do you ever think about you know becoming part of a Coke system, a bigger system that would then sort of act as that like logistical engine or anything behind it?
1: Well, from a logistics standpoint, I mean, you know, for years people have said, "Oh, when's Coke gonna buy you, or when's, when's Pepsi gonna it. buy you?" Right? <laughs> um, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, we're We're a nationwide brand now. We've actually figured out how to actually get to the stores without the Coke or Pepsi network. There has been no other brand Mm -hmm. that has been able to do what we've done from a logistics and distribution to actually get to the stores without having a relationship with With Coke, Pepsi, or Dr. Pepper Snapple. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so – You know, we don't have the 3,000 merchandisers that are out there that some of those large soda companies have, which is, you know, definitely, you know, it's expensive and it's another point. But I also believe and, and have always believed that, you know, those companies don't start with health they may try and craft a message around healthy perception for various products that they have but they're not that's not what their goal is that is not what's on the billboard of the building and what people think about when they think about their name it's very different mm-hmm. than how they think about hint i mean the number of emails that i get from consumers and you know on and also on twitter and different you know social media channels who are saying like you've changed my life Thank you so much. You helped me to drink water. And yet I I don't see the words diet on there. I don't see the words... Um, you know health on there I don't see the words you know diabetic or any of these other things that you know sort of mean you know health or health challenges to people I mean that is what the hint brand and it means different things to different people um, so I, I still laugh I was I was at a talk last week and you know I always get I don't get it as much anymore but I remember in the early days people are like how'd you get the name hint and um, and you know I, I actually thought about naming this company something else, it, Wawa, and I didn't grow up on the East Coast, and you know, when I told my husband we were going to call this Wawa, and like, I was like... Hang on
0: a minute. Yeah, he's like, and
1: he's an intellectual property lawyer, and he was like, that's really dumb. If you don't around. listen to me about anything else, don't call it Wawa. And um, and so uh, I started speaking about, you know, what we were going to call, what I was going to call it, and uh, I said, we're giving people hints. It's just got a hint to flavor, and I was like, hint, and he's like, forget it. It's a four-letter word. It's like... There's no way that you're going to actually get it. So lesson learned there is never listen to your husband or your lawyer about, you know, branding and naming. But people still like probably 50 percent of the population just assume that the word hint is about hints of flavor and another 50 percent think that I'm giving them hints about how, how to live a healthy lifestyle. I love it. Yeah. yeah it and it was just, and so I said to this group of people, like, you know, how many thought it was one, how many, and it, it's still to this day. Has, has. And so I think it's, it's again, like the consumer, you know, drives this. And if you're building a brand that the consumer ultimately can make their own decisions, I mean, people said to me, like, what is it? And I said, for me, it was both, but like, what does it matter what I think? Right? Like it's it what you think the... about, uh, about this product that you're ultimately gonna drive the destiny of this brand.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's a great note to end on. Kara, thank you so much thanks for being so on the much. show.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: And that's all for today's episode of Making Marketing, a show by Digiday. Thank you for listening. Our producer is of course Gianna Cappadona. If you like the show, here's what you need to do. Head to your iTunes store, search for a show, Making Marketing, leave us a review, hopefully five stars, and a rating. I'll also read my favorite reviews here at the end of the show. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.